This month, our podcast is brought to you by PageSmith. PageSmith is a wonderful new service we've recently come across, which allows readers to create or gift their own personalized poetry collections. You can choose from eight themes and they'll suggest a selection of poems and you can then fully personalize the book's title, dedication and cover. It's gorgeous. So gorgeous. And you know what? These not only make a thoughtful gift for your significant other this Valentine's Day, but would also make a perfect Galentine's gift because who says we shouldn't show some appreciation for our gal pals too? Amen. And Jess and I did exactly that. We're by no means poetry buffs, but it was so easy to do. In fact, it took no more than 10 minutes and I absolutely adored the book Jess made for me. They're so special, aren't they? And because you can choose from eight themes, both of our books were so different. Some of the themes include new horizons, love, well-being, companionship and nature. And so if you're looking to gift a special someone with a personal and thoughtful gift this February, then look no further. They're only available in the UK for now. So visit pagesmithbooks.com to place your order or give them a follow on Insta at pagesmithbooks. Give the gift of poetry this Valentine's and Galentine's Day. Welcome to Book Greco's Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Greco's. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. We are coming to you mid-month. It's February and we're just going to see how February's reading is going so far. Yeah, and we're both currently reading the same book. We're both currently watching the same TV series. And we've both read a sequel this month. And we're both currently eating grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, just swallow your grape. That was a really poorly timed grape eat. <laughs> it was a poorly timed grape eat. But they're good grapes, so they're I can great understand it. grapes. And also, it just makes change. Like, it's like the non-alcoholic wine that we usually drink. Yeah, what are we doing? Why haven't we got a wine? We're together and we're just eating grapes. Who are we? Do you think one day we should go and make wine? I couldn't agree more. I don't know I'd be so up for that. Between my toes, though. You know, because you mush them with your feet. I don't think they do that anymore. Do they not? That's the only reason I want to do it. That's like the Emperor's New Clothes or something where they do that. No, it's definitely a thing. In the olden days, yeah, but now they have like proper machines that do that shit for you. Then what's the fun in making wine? Just pressing the button? Yeah, essentially. Okay. Can you pass me a grape? (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) Um, We were literally just saying, I got out my little... um, notebook for Lauren and I showed her my reading so far this year poor mine is shocking hang on it's not bad it's not bad at all but compare we compare ourselves to last year but we also do need to bear in mind that this time last year we were in deep dark lockdown (laughs) can you hear how that was a really crazy (laughs) that's my last one now okay we're putting them aside Mm -hmm. but yeah this time last year we were in the depths of the bleakest lockdown so obviously we were reading a lot more yeah um, but it is crazy last month I read seven books and I think usually my minimum is ten and seven is still amazing even one book a month is amazing yeah but it's, it but it's just not this it's not what we're usually yeah uh, yeah same I've I've read mate I think I've read seven books in January as well yeah. probably five this month I'm kind of like wow 
Just, wow. just yeah, and also I don't feel like I've got any more free time. So how the, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> well, should we talk about something a little bit more successful? Then? Yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about what we're currently reading? Because we're both reading it at the same time, and yeah, usually, sometimes our buddy reads are at the same time, but sometimes it happens to be that we've read them yeah. one after the other or whatever. But this one, I almost feel like we're at a very similar, similar point, point. Like halfway through, both halfway through. Yeah, same. Yeah. So the book is Tall Bones by Anna Bailey, which we were gifted by Doubleday Publishing. Lauren, mm-hmm. you want to hit it with the synop? When don't I? Okay, so when 17-year-old Emma leaves her best friend Abby at a party in the woods, she believes, like most girls her age, that their lives are just beginning. Many things will happen that night, but Emma will never see her friend again. Abby's disappearance cracks open the facade of the small town of Whistling Ridge, its intimate history of long-held grudges and resentment. Even within Abby's family, there are questions to be asked. Of Noah, the older brother whom Abby betrayed. Of Jude, the shining younger sibling who hides his battle scars. Of Dolly, her mother, and Samuel, her father, both in the thrall to the fire and brimstone preacher who holds the entire town in their grasp. Then there is Rat, the outsider whose presence in the town both unsettles and excites those around him. Anything could happen in Whistling Ridge, this tinderbox of a small town, and all it will take is just one spark. The truth of what really happened that night out at the Tall Bones. That's a long one. It's really long and it's really wordy as well. Yeah, I think you really nailed it. I heard you giggling there and I was like, no, no, you're doing a good job. Keep with it, keep with it. Good snob. It is good, it's long, but it, it... it's not lying to us. It does exactly what it says the on the tin. The is a echo. <laughs> um, where to start? So we, neither of us knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen? We're halfway through. No. We still don't know. And if I'm honest, Lauren, I still feel like I'm on the the edges. Like the author hasn't let me in yet. I know there's a missing girl. Yeah. I've learned some of the names of people around the town and her family, and I'm understanding where they all place. Correct. But I haven't got a culprit yet, and I'm halfway through. I'd like a culprit. Uh, we don't have a culprit, but there are clear suspects. Yeah, but there's still not even. There's shade around them. They've mentioned a few people that uh, where things are a bit shady, but they haven't really explained why they're shady for this particular case. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. There's I lots agree. of shadiness going on in the woods and all these creepy places, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not coming together for me yet i'm assuming it will <laughs> well i'm hoping it will um there's a lot of i don't want to say tropes but it does you know you've got there's small town vibes isn't there there's a lot there's of small town vibes racism amongst the um religious community they're all very religious yeah they're very yeah. religious they're very anti-outsiders yeah anti anybody who is not of a white skin tone um which is really frustrating to read, but because they're all sort, it, they all just take it in their stride, don't they? That this assumed racism, yeah, amongst all of them, and the best friends, Emma, the, the girl of the best friend, yeah. Emma, um, she's like the only I think Latin American girl in the community, so she's being yeah, they constantly bullied quite a lot, and it sounds like Abby, who's gone missing, was her only friend with that's potentially a result yeah of her skin tone yeah exactly so again like we're kind of learning about that but i'm not i'm not there with emma like i don't feel like i know everything about i feel like she's even keeping some secrets from me and she's kind of our protagonist in a way Mm, and she's also a bit unreliable because 
she is just sort of she's going off the rails a little bit isn't she which is understandable it is understandable she's got no friends and everyone in this village seems to be an absolute asshole um and her mum i don't know what's going on with her mum her mum her mum's got some secrets it's, there's just a lot of secrets and like give me the good stuff like reveal one of them and yeah. it's kind of like dominoes that you get one secret and then the next the next the next will just sort of follow but you're in that like you say outskirts where you know everyone's got these secrets or mysteries surrounding them but you're like come on just just tell yeah, me I need a little something something yeah and there's one character who is gay and which clearly isn't going to go down well in, in this, this community. Town. But again, like, there's a lot of emphasis on, like, his secret, um, like, his secret relationship with another member in the community. And you're just like, well, just, like, yeah. let me know is how this is rela- like, yes. related to Abby disappearing. And I also want to ask you, um, in the opening, like, the literally first one or two pages when Abby goes into the woods. I was like so unclear what's ha- what was happening it's there. It's written present tense but in this weird sort of foreboding way yeah. that's like Abby didn't know that when she was about to walk into woods this or like whatever. She would never come out. It, and it's like yes. yes. Yeah. And I found like the whole chapter that was like wait am I coming or going? <laughs> but also like I don't I didn't understand why she was going into the woods and her best friend had to leave her. Was it because, like, she was going to take I think a cut through to the woods? that's part of the reveal that's sure Oh, is it? Because I, I was just like, but why? Why is she telling her friend to leave her? And why is her friend... Why would it her friend, like... There was clearly someone she was going to go and meet, but why didn't her friend know who she was going to meet? Like, she, there was so much drama around, I can't leave you. You know, something might happen. Wow, wow, wow. Why didn't you ask who you're going to meet? I mean, we wouldn't be here now if she just asked that simple question. We wouldn't be here now. Are you enjoying it? <laughs> that said, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> but this book, I love this kind of book. Yeah. Um, I, I am hooked because I want these fucking secrets. Hurry up. I mean, we were both just talking about a reading slump. I started this book at four o'clock on Saturday it's now four o'clock on Sunday and I've been with you all day mm-hmm. and I got halfway through it in about four hours really I just good. sat down last night yeah it's a, it's a quick read because it's short chapters and it keeps changing characters exactly. so that's really good yeah I like all the perspectives that we've been given and like you say just short and snappy yeah love it where will it go where will it go will it be a reco who knows <laughs> Oh, well, as you mentioned, we've both, we only realised this today, that we've both read a sequel. We have. In this first half of Feb. Considering we haven't read a lot, the first half of Feb's been very busy for reading. (laughs) I mean, like, these are the only two books I've read this this, this month. Um, Yes. Would you like to talk about your sequel first? Okay, I would like to see that. And have you read the, so the first book is also a very well-known film. First book is P.S. I Love You. Yeah. By have you read it Cecilia Ahan. I have read it. I was probably about 14 years old, so oh, yeah. I can't really remember it. Mm-hmm. And when I like think back to it, I don't think I really remember the book. I remember the film. And so, for those not aware, I'm reading Postscript, which is the sequel to P.S. I Love You by Cecilia Ahan. And because I read the first book 
years and years and years ago. Like I said, most of my like recollections of the plot are harking back to the film. Mm. And the film is very different to the book. Interesting. Like, they don't live in America. They live in Dublin. They've always lived in Dublin. Um, lots of, like, important parts of the book, like how they met, for example, in the film, Holly and Jerry meet on a walk when she's in Dublin. She's, like, in her gap here or something. She takes, she flies to the countryside and Ireland goes for a walk and they meet on this walk and it's a really lovely like meet cute but in the film uh, in the book I mean they met each other at school they've been dating since they were 14 years old they've known each other their whole lives interesting I, I feel know like, why I don't know why the film changed it because that makes it even more devastating that they've been in each other's lives the whole time yeah right? I know so why exactly. would you take that out of the film exactly so it's not really a spoiler to say that Jerry dies <laughs> <laughs> in the first book P.S. I love you are uh, he are uh, you know his letters how he finishes off all his letters to Holly which he sends beyond the grave um, mm-hmm. for about a year after he's died they sort of magically turn up each month um, to help Holly along in her grief journey really so postscript also did you know uh, well I know P.S stands for postscript but for a long no, time no I never knew that until this moment yeah did you not which is really ironic because I even use PS just when I'm talking to people if it's All the a time. really long sentence then I'll just go oh I'm PS <laughs> but do you know what I always thought it stood for please stay which kind of makes sense like don't go please stay I've got one more thing to say that does make sense I was I was just pulling a horrified face at you but that actually makes complete sense please stay don't go but what does so PPS is post postscript yeah it must be I can't believe I never I'd never even thought to think what it was though well yeah it kind of it took me a while into reading I was like why the hell did they call this postscript was it like unknown manual that got left <laughs> and found and then I was like oh duh Lauren P.S. doesn't mean um, please stay doesn't mean please stay it means postscript <laughs> there you go learn something new every day so I'll read you the plot of postscript okay um like I said it's the sequel to the bestseller and the P.S. I love you club these are the six words written on a card handed to Holly Kennedy They're words that are engraved on her heart because P.S. I love you is how her husband Jerry signed his last letters to her. Letters that mark a year she will never forget. Now the mysterious club wants something from her. And if Holly can find the courage to meet them, she'll learn what it really means to live life to the full because every love story has one more thing to say. She's not giving anything away there. I don't know what that means. So essentially... She, this is set, I think, 10 years after P.S. I Love You. She has met somebody new. She's with, Mm -hmm. she's in a new relationship. And they're, you know, starting to think about moving in together. And her sister invites her to be on her podcast. Her sister has a podcast. Mm -hmm. And she asks her sister, she asks Holly to share her P.S. I Love You story and how she handled the grief of her husband dying. And from somebody listening in the audience, they hand her a card like two weeks later and it just says P.S. I, um, the P.S. I Love You Club want to talk to you. And it's essentially this group of people who are terminally ill and they want Holly 
to help them write their letters to their loved ones. Jesus Christ, that's a big fucking ask of her. Right? So the, the whole book is, the beginning is she's so angry that they've asked her mm. and they're like, this. she's just like, this is absolutely the audacity. Mm. Like, I don't want to bring all this up in my life again. Everyone in her life is like, red flag, run away, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But obviously if she did that, there wouldn't be a book with that. I sometimes think that when I watch the first Toy Story. When they're at the when they're at Pizza Planet, yeah. I'm like, just get the fucking car. Yes, or or just go for it. And then I'm like, I guess there would be no film. I know, but the control <laughs> freak in you is like, yeah. simple, just you know. Um, so she obviously like meets these people, falls in love with them, and helps them on their journey to leaving these letters. And I took this book to a cafe. Well, it was like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I had no plans. So I just thought I'll read it outside my flat. Like I'll go to a cafe, get a coffee and I'll, like, I'll read 100 pages or something. I had to stop because I was crying so obviously in the middle of this cafe just oh by God. reading. And I don't, re- I don't cry easily at books. I, I know I cry easily in real life. <laughs> but in books, I, it takes a lot for me to tear up. But honestly, I was like tearing up. The words were getting all blurry because my vision was going. And I was like, okay, this this can't happen. I need to stop reading. Because the beginning was just so sad. Like, just takes you back to her relationship with Jerry and, like, how she felt dealing with her grief. Um, and then you, like, meet all these people who are obviously terminally ill. You know they're going to die at some point in the book. And, yeah, it's really sad. But... Needless to say, I loved it so okay. much. I read it so quickly. Um, and it was also really uplifting and... Yeah, nice community vibes. Community like vibes. Community vibe. it, there was, like, lovely message underneath it all mm. on, like, appreciating some of the smaller things in life. And it's also just really lovely for Holly because she goes on this whole journey about almost like having to deal with Jerry's death again and gets to a point where she sees what the letters were from a new perspective like 10 years later and she sees it less as these were less for me, they were more for Jerry, Mm. dealing with his own terminal illness and like not wanting the person who receives these letters to forget him. Right. So she sees it from a different way around and... um, yeah, I just loved it. Just really, really loved it. Good. I'm there's glad. a there's a spoiler alert that I really want to give, but I'm not going to give it because I think like the moment that it happened in the book, I was like, oh, that's so. I, I really wanted that to happen, and I don't want to ruin that moment okay. for everyone. So there's a yeah, there's a bit towards there's a the moment. end. There's a moment. You'll get the okay. feels. I look forward to seeing your review on the grid. Yeah. Thanks. Valentine's Day. So, what sequel have you read this month? Well, I've already posted my review on the grid. And it was the... So, in our How to Kill Your Family podcast episode, which is Bella Mackey's book that's like a crime book, but it's a bit funny, I recoed Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosimano. And I recreated the cover at the time. You did indeed. 
I fucking nailed it. Like, I still look at that picture and I'm like, Jess, that's your proudest moment of your entire life, <laughs> getting that picture right. You also, someone also messaged us, not just one person, literally so many people messaged us to say, whenever I see this book now, I think of your picture. See what I mean? Proudest moment of my entire life. <laughs> and so the sequel has come out and it's called um, Finley Donovan Knocks Them Dead. And I was like, right, another recreation coming your way. This one was a lot harder because I felt like I had to try and get the same good lighting yes. as the first one. The bun, so it, the her hair is up in a bun. The bun is high up on the left side of the head and the fringe goes to the right. That is so wrong. It should yes. all go to the same place. There's a lot to deal with. There's baby hairs involved. It was high stress. But I think I did an okay job in the I end. think you really did. And I think people Did I knock really... them dead? <laughs> 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 that sounded like a fake laugh but it does it was real um i think you did and i think people really appreciate the lengths you went to to make that happen thank so you well there is done. a really fine line of trying too hard with a picture and oh like my god you know what you are so right there is a fine fine line yeah and sometimes those lines get a bit blurred yeah so you gotta you gotta either do it really well and look like minimal effort yeah or I mean, that's really your only option. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually can't wait. It's reminding me of earlier today, Jess and I took our picture for careering. Oh, we've done an excellent recreation. And because it was such a faff, we have filmed a time lapse because... But that's another one where you're like, there is a line. Have we crossed the line or is it... No, I think that one, no. Let's say in March, there's a recreation coming your way. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Anyway, the book... Finley Donovan knocks them dead. Oh, yeah. So in Finley Donovan is killing it. She is a writer. She's a single mom. She's got to write a book. She needs some income. She's caring for two kids. And she goes to meet her editor. And she gets mistaken for a hit woman, as you do. And then she kind of goes off on this journey of getting involved with the mob and accidentally like getting involved in these tricky situations because she's kind of she starts out she's like well it would be you know like good research for my book and ends up in this world and so in Finley Donovan knocks him dead she's still kind of it's, it's set like only a month later so you're still kind ah, of in the okay. drama in the aftermath of it all um but this time there's a hit out on her husband her ex-husband sorry the father of her children so of Got course you. she does care as annoying as he is she's like that's yeah. the father of my children and so like she's it starts with her not wanting him to look after the kids like on his weekends because she doesn't know if that's going to be the weekend oh that someone God. comes and kills him and like there's a scene where he takes the kids to go Christmas tree shopping and so she like stalks them in her car like nearby <laughs> what will she do she sees the hitman well I'll, I'll explain this but it's not really a spoiler he gets mugged at the Christmas tree shopping and she literally like runs from her car and, and he's like what okay. the fuck are you doing <laughs> um so yeah that's that's like the premise but then there's lots more to it and lots of other secrets and it's all I just spent the whole time being like oh my god another problem how's she gonna put out this fire oh my god oh my god how is she in this situation now she's also trying to uncover everything but because of how it started with her being mistaken for a hit woman, it's not like she can just go to the police, which would be really easy for her because her sister's a policeman and she's kind of romantically entangled with a detective. I think you're <laughs> going to say with her sister. <laughs> no, so she's quite in there with the police yeah, force. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it was, I still think the first one was my ultimate fave. Okay. But this one was 
high drama, high laughs. I was very happy to be back in the book. We love it. Had a great time. What rating did you give it? First was a five and this was a four. Okay. Because I was being a bit more picky. Yeah. But it was really good. Brilliant. Like, it's such a reco. Um... And if you lo- if you love the first one, you will you will you enjoy will. the second. Brilliant. And if you haven't read either, you should really get on that. <laughs> you should really change that. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck recreating the picture as well as I do. <laughs> I'm completely joking by the way. <laughs> She's not. She's not. Don't be fooled. So look at us go with a sequel. I know. Each. Look at that. It's like we planned it, but we really didn't. We li- really only just, just made this clock today. right now. Um, You've got another sequ- uh, sequel coming up soon as well. Rachel's Holiday, Marianne yes. Keys, and Fear again in my Rachel. Eyes just then. Um, I am. I've been gifted the audiobook, which is I'm New. actually loving. Mm. Is it um, read by Marianne Keys? It is indeed. Oh, great! It is indeed. She's such a great voice, and she does all the gre- the best like localities of Irish accents. Mm. Like the Northern Irish Perfect. and the Dublin accent. Just love it. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear how you get on with that. Mm. Can't wait to tell you. Can't wait to share it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So should we talk about the series that we're both... That we're currently watching. Currently watching. Yes. So we are currently watching the BBC adaptation of Adam Kay's book, This Is Going To yes. Hurt. Which, if you haven't heard of, congrats to you. I don't know how you've got through life <laughs> you've not hearing about this book. But it's his diaries from when he was a junior doctor. Yeah. And it's like the six years of his yeah. um, life as a doctor. And now it's a TV series. And we haven't even spoken about it yet. No, we haven't at all. I thought... How many episodes have you watched? I've literally just watched the first one so okay, far. Fine. Because... Actually, no, I'm going to start with this. I was chatting with my sister yesterday, who is a mum. Mm. And there's controversy around it that I didn't know about because I've never been pregnant I've never given birth so I don't know a lot of things but because it's he wrote the book in like 2000 or his time as a doctor it was like 2006 yeah medical practices have come along since then okay and so in the tv series they're still suggesting things actually you don't do like what I'm going to get this wrong. Okay. But it's something like he... There's an episode where he gives a... Is it Forceps. called a Doppler? No, it's like where you can listen to a baby's heart. Right. He gives it to a woman in her last few weeks of pregnancy. Yeah. But actually, in the last few weeks of pregnancy, you're not listening for a heartbeat. You're looking for movement. Okay. And that's more important. And so that's the new sort of best practice, if you will. Yeah. But they haven't done that in the series. Like, they could have given the dot Whatever it's called. Yeah. And, and said... But also, please look for movement. And so there's people are saying, you know, he's involved in the production of it. He's a producer. And yet he hasn't... Is that controversial? Well, no, it's not controversial. But I'm watching this being like, God, like the cesarean scene. I was like, God, is that really how they do it? Uh, Like, I feel like I'm learning a lot. But what if actually I'm now learning not quite the right things? And I go away and be a Mm. pregnant woman and I... Do you know what I mean? I would just trust the doctor to tell me, though. But they don't... They're bit they're busy as we learnt in the first episode. But they'll they won't they just won't listen for the heartbeat. They'll tell me. But I I mean I that's get, just one example. I'm yeah, sure yeah, there's more sure. and I just um, haven't watched it yet. But the cesarean scene fucking Can hell. we just fucking pause hell. for a moment? They are just tugging around this wheel. They oh, like I fast forwarded it in the end because I was like, I can't rip her. Um there are so many parts where I just had to not look at the screen like my friends take this out of me i'm on three now 
my friends take the piss out of me. There is this one infamous um, memory where my friends were, we were in Pizza Express, and my friends were quite horrifically detailing to me um, getting the coil put in. And I don't know but anything about things like that. Oh, you're a fainter. I got up and I fainted in the middle of Pizza Express. Oh my God. And my friends never let me live it down, but in a good way because now they also are like, if, when they start talking about shit like that, they're like, guys, guys, Lauren, Lauren, stop. I'm like, thank you because I am, I'm seeing dots again and my ears are ringing. Um, so there are moments where it's I really was like, graphic. I need to stop, but I also want to look because do they really do that for a cesarean? Oh and God. also like, even the vaginal births, I'm like, oh, but I don't God. understand. So in this first episode, you literally watched the baby pop baby. out. And I was like, is this real? Surely not. No one wants to... What? How well, have they filmed that? Really, really well. Because I did notice that when the baby comes out, there's no umbilical cord. They, like, just pop the baby out and then put it on the mother, but there's no mm. umbilical cord. So I'm like, okay, well, that was wrong for a start because no baby just, like, can just be placed yeah. on their mother's um, breast. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mental. The, the baby was mental. new. Yeah, I always think that when Fresh. I see new babies and things, I'm like... How? How do they? How do they get these babies? And then they get them all slimy. You know, like in all so films of slimy. It's so weird. But also, could you imagine? Like, no, dis- no, like judgment to anyone who does do this. But like, who just says, like, yeah, take my one-year-old baby, put put them in your yeah. film. Well, one-year-old sure. babies are quite Sorry. big. <laughs> One-day-old baby. <laughs> Yeah, and do they like go around hospitals and they're like, anyone got a baby? We're filming something down the road. Like, how does it work? Crazy. Absolutely mental. Um, I've also just watched the scene and I remember reading this scene in the book that uh, the Kinder Egg. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. Um, <laughs> I've had that. Don't know why I'm doing it to myself because yeah. oh, I've gosh, read she's the gonna book. Fake. Now she's gonna fake. I'm gonna change the subject. <laughs> I thought the opening scene of episode one was a really great nod to like how great the NHS is because the woman is like, "How much is this?" And he was like, "It's completely free. Yeah. We can't even take tips." And I was like, "Yeah, get that in nice we and early." We can't even take tips. Yeah. But, like this is such yeah. an amazing thing that we have in this country whilst we've still got it exactly and <laughs> i also i think he's really good casting i think he's I think really he's good in it he's perfect casting um but i noticed and i could be wrong but in the book i'm sure he had a girlfriend and in the series he's no he's gay he's gay oh is he yeah they're only they only have a call in the book h never gendered oh. So that's just my own bias, just assuming date yeah. was a woman. I did, I did as well back in the day, and I was chatting to someone, and they were like, no, he's gay. And I was like, oh my God. Because there was no... And I just assumed. In the adaptation, he's not telling his mum about yeah. his partner Giles. Um, but whereas, they do, he does mention it in the book, like family get-togethers and things, and it's not you. a secret. Right, okay, yeah. But he is gay in real life, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I think? I'm currently... <laughs> I'm currently doing a rewatch of Scrubs. Are you? Which is obviously comp- like, and I'm obviously watching Grey's Anatomy because I'm always watching yeah, Grey's Anatomy. But I haven't been always. I mean, I've watched the series of Scrubs probably yeah. about 800 times in my yeah. life. But I'm now doing a rewatch, and that's like 20 minute, mostly comedy. They make working in a hospital look really, really fun. Yes. <laughs> and then to watch this and be like, oh my god, he just spent the night sleeping in his car. I know. And he by accident he just closed his eyes and he woke up and yeah. it was morning. Oh my um, god. It's also a lot of... It's very emotional. 
after, I cried at yeah. the first episode. And it made me think, at the moment, like I've had quite a stressful, horrible last few weeks at work and I'm about to have a few more of them. And I just thought, how can Nothing I even complain? Compared. No one's died. No I one's know. bled out on me. I don't have to take, I don't have to feel this guilt about anyone else. How dare I be stressed at work? <laughs> I know. I'm, t- I'm, I'm exactly with you. I keep, it's, it's really emotional watching him because he keeps having flashbacks about surgeries where he wanted, should have done something mm. different and he really beats himself up. And it's not like when I accidentally send an email to somebody and like add the wrong person to CC, his mistakes are life and death, you know? And you really feel for him. And the way his, his, he he wants to have a personal life. He wants to keep his boyfriend happy. He wants to please his friends and family. But then when he gets a call on a night out and the hospital is saying there are no doctors on call, you can't really say no to that. So he yeah. has to leave and up, you know, cause upset to his his friends. And you're just, you feel for him, you really do. And it gives you, it's, if you, not that we weren't already in huge admiration for anyone who works in the NHS or just um, works in the healthcare services. But even now, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Like, it just I puts it into a new light. It will do wonders for people appreciating yeah. what we have, I think. Like, even just from one episode, I was yeah. like, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> I even remember reading the closing, like, pages of This Is Going To Hurt pre-COVID. Oh, my God, yeah. And being like, God, we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And the way he phrases it, I've listened to him on a few podcasts as well, and he does talk on how the NHS is moving towards this privatisation mm-hmm. structure under the Tory government. And he he is you know he talks so eloquently about it and so like it is so unjust the way it is moving did you see Mm -hmm. he's got a new book coming out called undoctored oh and it's about his life his life now that he's not a doctor what is he doing now then this tour and writing yeah yeah um so i'm I, I think it'll probably talk a bit about that. And yeah. like it's kind of his opportunity to still have a platform to... Absolutely. I'm absolutely buzzing. Me too. And we we have got an episode where we talk about this going to hurt and the Christmas... It's, I think it's summer records because I record it as a perfect one for when you're by the pool because <laughs> like because it's short dietary, yeah. di- diary <laughs> entries. Yeah. It's like easy to consume. And you read his letters to the NHS, didn't you? I did. Oh, that was lovely. And it's like celebrities' letters. Yeah. And he's amalgamated them all. Oh, so good. I think Stanley Tucci had one, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. I, I heard a couple Joy of podcasts. Jolly has one. Every, literally everyone's got one. Yeah. It, apparently but... he was like, he asked for 60 and he got like yeah. a way over. And he was like, okay, this is going to be a bigger book than <laughs> I planned. But let's and go it raises with it. money for charity for yeah. NHS. And then also, I think it's the Lullaby Trust.
We're giving you a chance to win a February Books That Matter box. The theme is How We Love and includes a paperback copy of the book We Loved, The Transition Baby by Tori Peters. There are two ways to enter. If, like me, you listen on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and share a screenshot on your Instagram story tagging at BookRecos. We can count your entry that way. Entries for the February box close on Monday the 28th of February and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Tuesday the 2nd of March. If you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry, it's a monthly competition, so still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever box it is at the time. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.